It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to BGN Radio. Sanchez goes up top. Aguilar, great catch, look at him go. Into the end zone for the touchdown. Aguilar catches it, cuts up the field. You can see the breakaway speed. When he gets the football in his hands, he's more explosive than people give him credit for. Right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. We have made it to episode number 106, and we finally get to react to some actually, actually, actual football action. Uh, just uh, so everybody knows who's listening out there, it's myself, Mr. James Seltzer, on the right-hand side. What's going on, James? How What's are you, up, buddy? Johnny? I'm actually on your right-hand side. Yeah, literally this, this time, exciting. not like fake time. So what we're doing is, uh, because we wanted to get this out and get everybody's reactions going here, we are currently at the tail end of the third quarter, as uh, Kenyon Barner has just uh, uh, shown uh, why he's probably going to make this football team as the fourth Running back, he's taking the punt back, but it looks like we're just getting started with Tebow Mania after his first drive. Yeah, we're going to react buddy. to everything else. I cannot, Lincoln Financial Field and Philadelphia Eagles fans, I cannot believe that you gave Tim Tebow a standing ovation, basically. Tim Tebow comes in for the first time in an Eagles uniform. And exactly what you would expect. In reaction from the crowd. As I saw E-Rock tweet out. He, he, had to, he had to quiet them down. He was like, Twice. shut up. I'm playing football. <laughs> We're on offense here, guys. Um, he's just about to go back onto the field here. But uh, it, um, screw it. Let's start there. Uh, I, I thought between what we saw with Tebow and what we saw with Barkley, and this is this is some of the things that we kept going back and forth when we were watching here, is like, look, we all know that Matt Barkley's arm strength isn't that great. Uh, his accuracy is obviously going to be better than Tim Tebow's. But if, if if we're just breaking bread here on a third QB, I'm almost taking the arm strength in this kind of read and react type of offense that Chip Kelly's produced here 
I don't know. I'm I, Tim Tebow won me over in one series. Is that crazy? Yeah. No. Well, I felt the same way. The thing that I you can really see the difference in his throw. You know, we've heard all this Tom House crap all off season, and oh, it's a completely different motion. But it, it really does look different. Like he's coming over the top. It's not that wide ranging type of thing. It allows him to get the ball out quicker. It looks like it's more accurate. I mean, on that first drive. He looked good. He made some good throws. Granted, and we'll get into this, the receivers have just been wide open all game. Yes. I could be making those throws, but Tebow looked good. Yeah, and for the most part, I think that's that's what we saw with, with Barkley and Sanchez and all this other good stuff. We'll get more into Tebow. <laughs> I never thought I would honestly be saying that on the show, but we'll get more into Tebow as we're going on. But let's start out with probably the most impressive man that it just just throughout the entire game, Nelson Aguilar living up to the bill of being that first round pick, man. I mean, for for, what, for whatever it's worth, I know there was a bunch of people that were kind of back and forth on him being like, "Yeah, he's gonna be, he'll be fine. He's a solid player coming out." But man, this guy looks absolutely legit as a special player. The Sanchez toss was so horrible, and then you just saw him. And everybody's been tweeting this as far as his cut ability, his stop and go type of thing. You got to see it live for the first time. It was bang, and he was off to the races. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, your thoughts, Mr. James Elton? Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, I was telling you, it reminded me of Reggie Bush at USC. Like, that kind of ability to just come to a complete stop on a dime and then just take off and just pull away from everybody. Uh, and the catch itself was fantastic. <laughs> to go up awesome. like To go up like that, kind of across your body, catch it like that, come back down and take off at that speed. I mean, it's special talent. It's the kind of stuff you don't see every day. You know, it's... Uh, certainly, you know, we've all heard all the comparisons with Jeremy Macklin. I, I think this kid's ceiling is clearly higher than Macklin. Don't get me wrong. Jeremy Macklin, a great wide receiver, but this kid's ceiling is higher. Athletically, he's got more to offer than Macklin does. And, uh, you know, it's just exciting to see. And then he, he had that bad drop down the sideline, but then comes back and, and makes two really nice catches after. It looks like he craves contact. It looks like he goes in. He He's not going to try and shy away from things. He's going right at you. And with that speed and, and you know, the ability, if, if he can control the drops, which, you know, we've heard about that as an issue, if he can control the drops, he could make a big-time impact this season. John. Oh, yeah, and that's yeah, pretty much everything on the scouting report and everything that you saw in college showed up on tape. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that was a problem. Those those concentration drops were an issue at USC, and it looks like they're still going to be there for a little bit. So maybe that'll get a little, you know, somewhat frustration, I think, on the drop. He was looking you know, to turn up field and, and make the runs like – the, to make another highlight play in this game here. But, yeah, absolutely. And and just to go back to the, the Macklin comp that was always kind of sticking with him, it's because of the body type, it's because of everything else. But, I mean, you just saw it again today. He craves the contact. He, you know, he turns into a running back as soon as he gets his, gets the, uh, you know, the his ball in the hands there. So that's really kind of exciting to see. Um, and as far as, like, the other side of the ball coming out, and they should have been doing this, because the Colts' offensive line is freaking terrible. It's, it's bad. But again, Benny Logan, Fletcher Cox just showing up and saying hello. Benny Logan looked really, really good today, James. Yeah, I think that on the defensive side of the ball, Benny Logan was was the number one standout. Granted, only in on a few series early, but he was busting up the interior of that O-line. He was all over the running game, uh, blew up a couple plays, allowed Fletcher Cox to make some tackles. I think just, you know, that... I know that we've talked about it and we've all kind of hyped up this front seven, but I, I think it's a, it's really a chance to be special. Yeah. I think Cox, uh, Logan, and Thornton are going to be really hard to run against. Really 
really hard, whether you have a good O-line or not. And I think that's big considering Dallas, the big competition in the NFC East. You know, all, everything we hear about the O-line, whatever that is, it is the best in the game, maybe not as good as people I bet up to be, but it is a great offensive line. This is something that can set the Eagles apart a little bit here with that with that D-line and the ability to hold up. We saw it in that Thanksgiving game last year. Uh, I think you could see a lot more of that. I, I think this D-line is going to be outstanding. Yeah, and then you just kind of paired that up with it was a good first test of the secondary. So, uh, again, there wasn't too much getting open deep uh, at the start, and I know that Andrew Luck had a couple of plays as uh, Tim Tebow, he, yeah, Tim Tebow Tim is, pull is it down. pulling it down and running it here at the start of the fourth quarter. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like Andrew Luck didn't look like he had a ton of, of deep work to throw to. I know there was one to Andre Johnson where Nolan Carroll still made a great play. It was just he just got Andrew Luck. You know, so it, that's what that's the one thing I was telling James is you can start maybe getting a, a tiny bit excited about that. Yes. OK, they've passed these small little tests here. But if that kind of thing comes together where you're taking away the deep ball and you can't run the ball that well, man, oh, man, does that change the dynamic of this football team? That's that's what you were looking for last year to try and get off the field. The one thing that was probably the biggest concern, and this is still going back to last year, is just that consistent pass rush not there yet. So I don't know. I don't know what you make of that. Are you? Is this one of those things that's like, okay, or we're going to have to see a, a little more depth here? Should Vinny Curry not be on the, uh, you know, the uh, outside linebacking core? How do you fix that to kind of pass rush here? Yeah, I, I think that's a good question. Again, I think we should preface this entire conversation by saying that that it is the preseason. Yeah, we one game. get that, and it, and it's the preseason. We get it. There are things you're looking for, but a lot of times. You know, to, to to use the great major league quote, a lot of times they're doing these things against guys who are going to be bagging groceries in a min- right. in a month, you know. So so we don't want to get too carried away, but I did. The pass rush was the one thing you, you noticed. It really wasn't there. And, and I, I don't want to harp on it too much because I think the Eagles were a lot better in that respect last season. There was obviously a, a legit pass rush. I think they ended the year second or third in the league in sacks. So I'm not going to freak out over that. We didn't really see any uh, exotic type of stuff. No real blitzes. One or two no. blitzes that entire half. Just... You know, four guys rush them, so I'm I'm not gonna freak out about that. But obviously, that's something you'd like to see as you kind of get a little closer to the season. Maybe that third preseason game, you're hoping to see a little pressure. But again, it, it, I'm not gonna overreact too much in, in game. No, one. no, you, and you can't. It's just something to kind of keep an eye on into the second game, and maybe that changes up. It's just one of those things where you know the Colts are just like we said, they're a bad offensive line. Their offensive line's terrible, so you would want to kind of see them rip apart rip them apart during the, uh, you know, passing downs and all that other good stuff. But again, just something to keep an eye on here. Uh, nice to see Ryan Matthews, even though it was just for a couple of seconds. Yeah, that one one run was a nice run. Give you a little glimpse of what he can do inside the numbers and the, and the shiftiness and the speed. And throughout with everything, I know that uh, obviously DeMarco Murray wasn't going to uh, play here, but you just saw the difference in between that straight line running that Chip Kelly and everybody else was kind of molding themselves in for. You saw... Four yards at a time, basically, uh, through most of who I was, even Kenyon Barner, who's who I thought, you know, a- after seeing him last year and just all the stuff that he went through, kind of understands that. And just going straight, going straight makes a huge difference. Also, j- just that being said, uh, first test kind of passed for the offensive line so far. I thought Andrew Garner came out and played really well at the right guard position. Yeah, I didn't see any noticeable mistakes along that O-line, at least for that first-team O-line. Dennis Kelly had a holding penalty. There were a few things once those second-teamers got in, but for that first couple drives with that first-team O-line in there, it looked good, man. They they held the pass rush off. They were able to move the ball on the ground. 
it looked good. I, I think we do need to get into Sanchez in a minute because that's obviously a bit of a worry uh, when we're talking about how the offense looked. But across the board, I mean, that that one touchdown drive that Barkley had, it was 76 yards in a minute 15. I think you can see what this offense can do when, when it's running efficiently. It's all about efficiency. It's all about execution. Football is a game of execution, and this offense is built on executing, on precise throws, on you know, open guys, hitting the open guy and just moving methodically down the field. And I think we saw even, you know, with second and third stringers in there, what that can look like when it's humming. And it also, uh, granted, that's against probably other second and third stringers right, too. exactly. So you have to keep that in perspective. But again, it's it's one of those things where you're looking at everything. It's kind of why I, I said at the beginning, that's why you maybe want to probably go Tebow over Barkley because of just the little niches that you would have with arm strength, ability to run the ball, all that other stuff. Granted, you're going to sacrifice the decision-making to probably accuracy. But, oh, sorry, go ahead, James. Oh, uh, there was... Uh, Not used to being in the same no, room. It's no, great. It's, I can actually like, cue you in person. <laughs> Normally, I'm like typing to you or something. It's great. Good. But there is, you know, that's, that's kind of the thing. And that's when you start to, I don't know, you look at Mark Sanchez, who he wasn't having the greatest camp, and... Just hot and wild today, you know. Even on the uh, even on the Algalor, uh, Algalor, Al Gore, the Al Gore. Even on the Algalor touchdown, it's like wow, buddy. And the, the, that wasn't even the worst part. The worst part was Jordan Matthews wide open. Sanchez wide open and overthrows Matthews on what would have been a touchdown. Cannot miss that close. Jordan Matthews wide open. Sanchez moving to his left, which is an awkward throw for a right-hander coming across your body. But look how wide open this is. Oh, Scotty, you could make that throw today. Let's not push it. And if I, and I got to tell you, this is kind of the thing that, please, please, Sammy, stay healthy, whatever it is, because that is the type of thing that Bradford will absolutely kill you on. You will not be able to get away with that if he's in there. Uh, and that no drop throw. balls, man. That's what I'm saying. In the deep throw, everybody's turning around. That's why I keep harping on this. Everybody is turning around, uh, whether it's the the running back or you know the wide receivers out there. You cannot have that cripples part of this offense. That's all about in stride and keep going. You're already beating your man. The Trey Burton one. He was five yards open. If the ball comes out more quickly, watch how open he is. If, if Sanchez goes high to low, in other words, the first read is the deep guy, gets rid of the ball more quickly, that's a touchdown. That's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. He's also just, you know. Yeah. can't underthrow that. And he underthrew it badly. And, and Burton was wide open. I mean, he had 10 yards between him and, and the defensive backs. I mean, that was that was a bad bad throw and again nothing to kind of freak out about but it's just like you know your first game in there you expect sanchez and everybody's touting him to be this 1a 1b starter and again you just got to remind yourself that hey there wasn't much separation between sanchez and Foles. and i know that there's a lot of people who still don't get that for whatever reason some think worse some think better that's fine but for, to be the guy that's going to come in there and have it overlap more or less uh, you can't have those type of throws. That's what I'm saying. And the and the other thing too is just like you know the the whole narrative that, to be honest, was buying a lot that the the arm strength hasn't changed. Yeah, well, that was the thing, and you heard it last year. He's like, okay, my my shoulders recovered. I'm feeling great. And then you know we don't see it. And then he comes back this year, and he has this, the same thing. He's like, now my shoulder's finally healthy. It's finally healthy. Believe me. And you could just see it. He just doesn't have that that extra level of arm strength. Uh, you know, we talk all the time about quarterbacks who can, quote-unquote, make all the throws. Mark Sanchez 
can't make all the throws. Neither can Matt Barkley, for that matter. Right. Uh, but Mark Sanchez can't make all the throws. Sam Bradford, at least there is the potential that that guy, if healthy and on the field, can make all the throws that you need to make. Uh, I'm with you on the Sanchez stuff. I, again, preseason, not going to worry, not going to freak out or anything, but he looked bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, he just bad. didn't look good. He just... Uh, missing throws, timing off, looked uncomfortable. The, really, the only nice play he had was when he tucked it down and ran. That, that was great to <laughs> yeah, see. I nice. wish he had done that last year yeah. more. Uh, but, yeah, I was really disappointed in Santa, Sanchez. And on the flip side, I thought Barkley looked okay. Again, a guy who you could see just doesn't have enough of that arm strength, really can't make all those throws, but but was significantly better than Sanchez today. He looked good, made the throws, hit guys in stride for the most part. Uh, and what you're hoping is, again, especially if if – like we both believe Tebow's making this team regardless. Maybe, maybe you can get something for Barkley. Even if you get a sixth, a seventh, whatever, if if he can come out and, and look good in the preseason, there are a lot of teams that need third string quarterbacks right now. A lot. Yeah, and there's Adam Kaplan to tweet. I think he said the Saints were there, the Cowboys were there, Raiders. He had like 10 Houston, teams that were there yeah. to watch this game. There's the potential, Lisa. You know, we all thought <laughs> no one's going to take Matt Barkley for anything, but you get to the point, you get closer to the season, teams get injuries, teams need third string quarterbacks. At least there's the chance maybe you get something for this guy. And we're going to try and get uh, BLG in here. Hello? Yeah, so the good things that stood out from the game, a win. No, I'm just kidding. You know, preseason doesn't really matter a lot in, in that sense. But, you know, from the players I liked, uh, I think Matt Barkley was surprisingly good. I didn't expect that at all. I uh, came out with two great throws on that on the first drive he was in. I just, that was like out of nowhere. I mean, this, you know, I, I figured Barkley pretty much not in the long-term plans. Uh, that's, that's kind of been reported for a while now that they've been shopping him in trade. So that was really surprising, uh, along with being good. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, oh my gosh. And touchdown catch was just... And, and part of it was because the, the, the cornerback, you know, overplayed him. But still, it just you could see that guy's talented. And he needs a bad drop. He's kind of had issues with that in training camp. So he's still a rookie, and he's, you know, he's not a complete stud well-rounded yet, but I mean, you can see the flash there. And speaking of rookies, I mean, go right along to Eric Rowe, and, you know, he had that forced fumble, and he got beaten in coverage there, but I think, you know, overall he looked pretty good. He made a couple tackles. Uh, he had a good special teams tackle, too. So, it, you know, it's really encouraging to see the rookies playing well. And, and how about a rookie from last year, Marcus Smith, uh, who, you know, everyone has been down on. He, he looked pretty solid today. He had a drive, I think, against the Colts' first team where uh, they were in the they were in the red zone, and he he forced uh, an incompletion against Kobe Fleener, kind of tight coverage there. He also had a run stop, and really just surprisingly well played from him. Yeah, the things I'm concerned about, uh, I would say, you know, Mark Sanchez obviously was really really shaky, and that's probably putting it lightly. Uh, you know, you would expect he would be a little bit, you know, sharper, especially being second year in the system and everything. Maybe he was just a little nervous, maybe he was a little jittery. You know, maybe that was an issue. But overall, you know, not a very encouraging performance from him. Uh, it kind of makes you really want to see what Sam Bradford can do, do out there. Uh, another thing that was not good was Cody Parkey. I mean, you know, that's a guy who, you know, obviously won the rookie or won the kicker job as a rookie last year. Looks pretty impressive beating out Alex Henry, but man, you know, missed a 33 uh, PAT attempt today and also a 34-yard field goal attempt. Just, you know, not very good. And, you know, it's kind of weird because he's been 
he was shaky in training camp the other day too, and I feel like I've noticed that a couple times. So that's that's a big issue. If if you know he you can't rely on him, especially because you know you had thought you had solved the kicker problem with him. And as for the third thing that went bad, you know I would say uh, Jalen Watkins. You know I think you wanted to see a little more out of him. I think he was okay, but that tackling attempt, <laughs> if you could even call it that, in the it was a third or fourth quarter. It was just obviously not that encouraging. I think he also got beat one time. Uh, so those are the three things I think, you know, that really stood out in a bad way. And I'm with you on Barkley, too, and that's just, you know, that's that's all you really need out of this thing is a seventh rounder. And the longer you wait probably towards the season, or excuse me, as preseason goes along here, you know, maybe you have another another needy team for a backup quarterback. That's that's what's happening with the Jets. That's what's happening with a lot of things uh, around the league here. And let's, I guess, let's shift over to the the second round pick in Eric Rowe, who uh, again, I thought he looked okay. I thought he looked okay for his yeah. kind of first thing going in here. Uh, really impressive that he can recover well enough to. Uh, I forget who he was covering. I don't know if it was. Uh, uh, one of the Dorset or whoever, but was behind, came up, stripped the ball. That's really all you can ask for. That's great. And he was in again on the, the Marigos uh, uh, strip as well. So, again, I think he's, he's going to need a little bit of time there. That's why I don't mind him kind of being in the slot to to kind of go out and, and do that type of thing. And then if they do have to go into nickel, Carroll can slide over into that spot. But, yeah, your thoughts on uh, on Eric Rowe today so far? Yeah, I feel the same way. I love that you mentioned the the recovering part because that was what I mean. That was textbook. The the way he swatted that ball out. That's exactly how they teach you to do it. Came in, wrapped with the left arm, punched him with the right. I mean, it was it was exactly what you're supposed to do in that situation. But for me, it was the bigger part that he was beat. He got beat on that play, handily beat wide open, and then still recovered to come back and make that play. That that showed me something that showed. You know, the ability to recover, the ability to, to you know, get past that mistake and still make the play. I like seeing that. Uh, other things in the secondary, I thought Maxwell from the, the couple series we, we saw played well. There was that one play that looked like a miscommunication between yeah. either him and Jenkins or, or uh, him and Thurman, whoever was the safety on that side that... It, was a, a nice little gain for them. But for the most part, Maxwell looked like he was good in coverage. And, and EJ Biggers actually stood out a little bit. <laughs> Which is so weird. Uh, again, again, against nobodies, against right. guys who might not make an NFL team. But, uh, you know, he was there in coverage, made a couple plays. You know, nice to see a, a few guys step up there, especially after the Shepard injury and the Boykin trade. You're going to need someone, one of those guys, to step up, if nothing else, to provide some some credible depth there in that second. The better EJ Biggers is, the better it is for all of us. Last year's first round pick, Marcus Smith, who hey. we, we were trying to hey. just show us to something. We've been kind of saying that all week, and he showed us to something. Yeah. I think it's, it's definitely an improvement, and much improvement. I'm not really sure, but uh, you know, doing the the Connor Barwin spin moves and all that good stuff. But again, where I, I guess you could say his biggest strength is in coverage. And he looked really good in coverage today. Yeah, and I think I think in reality his biggest strength is his athleticism, and I think you saw that on display a little bit today. I mean, the kid is is freakishly built. He's clearly athletic. Um, it, you know, he just needs to get better playing the game, and, and I think we saw some of that today. I mean, he 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 held his own out there, and, and whoever it's against, whoever you know, again that caveat that we have for this whole preseason, but he looked decent. He didn't make a fool of himself. He made a couple plays, looked good in the run game. 
I was impressed with Marcus Smith, and that's the first time I've been able to say that. Yeah, and that's just one thing that, if, thankfully, you can build on something here. Um, yeah, and, just some positive movement with this guy. I mean, there's a guy, like we said, we've, I mean, people have talked about him not making the team the year after getting drafted in the first round. I mean, <laughs> that, that's, I mean, it, that's so bad. So just to see this guy actually come out and, and say, you know, show us, uh, maybe I can play football at the NFL level, it, it was good to see. We want to hear from you. Call the Duncan Philly Anytime Hotline. Leave us a message and we'll put you on the air. 267-245-6066. That's 267-245-6066. Or tweet your thoughts to us at BGN underscore radio. What's up, BGN? This is uh, Stephen Lee calling from West Palm Beach, Florida. The three things I was most impressed with with today's game uh, number one was just the dominance of Andy Logan. I mean, we know this defensive line is good, but I really think he's on the cusp of being elite. Um, going into his third year, you know, I, I really think that in 2015, you're going to see him take that next step. Number two, I thought Andrew Gardner looked pretty good at right guard. I know it was a small sample size, but uh, he seemed to be a um, pretty good fit in there. So we'll have to see how that plays out. And number three, with Earl Wolf just not getting on the field at all. It was good to see somebody like Ed Reynolds step up and uh, make a few plays. You know, interesting fifth-round prospect, six foot one, 207 pounds. I like his size. Uh, the first pick was kind of a gift wrap, but if you look at that second one, he really made a play on the ball. The two things I was most disappointed with, Tim Tebow. Uh, I know America and the general public really wants him to be good, but the fact is Barkley outplayed him top to bottom today. He didn't look decisive. The offense seemed to slow down when he was in the game, and uh, I don't think he should make the 53. The other thing I was disappointed in was the third and long. I know it was only two plays, but it reared its ugly head again, and uh, I hate to see teams pick up a third and nine or a third and eight. We need to get off the field. Thanks, guys. And I wasn't sure uh, if Matt Daring had pointed this out. Uh, while the game was going on, it was pretty interesting that, yeah, Emmanuel Acho looked a lot faster uh, when he was when he was in there, and th- I guess that's one of those good things too. Is as far as like you know whatever the second I, is he going to his third year now? Is that right? Yeah, I think that's okay. right. Yeah, so third uh, third year now for him, and I think the him getting those six or eight games, whatever he started last year, he looked pretty impressive to to be out there, and that's just got to strengthen your your you know your There's confidence in that depth, uh, and of course. With that, we'll go to the third round pick, Jordan Hicks. Uh, didn't see a lot of him on the field. Thought he made, uh, actually, on that uh, Kenyon Barner uh, return for a touchdown, he made a really impressive block. But uh, and, that, and and real quick, that's kind of what, I mean, at this point with this guy, you want to see that. You want to see that he can contribute on special teams because as far as his role this year outside of depth, that's going to be where he'll play. So so that's good to see. But, but I didn't notice him stand out too much. On the defensive side of the ball, there was that one play, the, the touchdown run, I believe, where he, he, he should have gotten there and he didn't. But for the most part, it, it you know, it's one of those things that's funny because when you're talking about like cornerbacks or defensive backs or whatever, if you don't hear their name, it, it's not that bad a thing. You're, you're like, OK, well, they didn't they didn't screw up. You know, with linebackers, guys like that, you want to hear them getting involved. You want to hear them make a play. And I didn't really see that. Too much. Yeah, we'll have to. I'll have to go back and, and rewatch that here. But as we started this thing, and now uh, the Eagles are getting in the fourth quarter. Uh, Tim Tebow looking a little bit uh, more Tebow like, like he hasn't been mm. in the game for a while. So again, this is the thing where we kind of overreact to maybe one drive, and then like, oh yeah, I can deal with this. 
And, you know, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, no, he has not looked nearly as good after that first drive. And um, we'll see. Look, yeah. I, I think with Tebow, this is, the, Tebow, there's actually going to be a process here. We need to see this guy. I mean, he, we forget he hasn't played football in two years, you know, professionally. Two years without the game, that's tough. It's it's not not simple to just walk back on a field and play quarterback. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Obviously, I think, you know, Barkley won the day as far as between the two goes. For yeah, sure, but. and you say two years, and I know a lot of people have been thinking about it all week, but, you know, this is kind of one of the things why we wanted to see Sam Bradford here, to see how much rust was actually on there in-game. Um, and it's, you know, I'm still, I'm not I'm not over it. I know, I'm, I'm still a little disappointed that we didn't get to see him out there. But this is, you know, this is the kind of type of thing that, got to keep in perspective, especially with Tim Tebow. Wasn't that great to begin with? Now you're expecting him to kind of, you know, certify that spot, and maybe maybe it was a little too much uh, on the rush to get rid of Matt Barkley. I think it's my <laughs> hatred for Matt Barkley that it's just like, whatever, just well, get whatever yeah. you can After for. the last couple of years of, of Matt Barkley, I, I think the majority of the Eagles fan base feels that way at I this just point. don't, that's what I mean. I don't, I, I, the, the throws are so underwhelming for him and Sanchez. I'm not trying to compare the two. Sanchez is obviously much no, better no, than him. But, but, it's, but it's a fair it's a fair comp there in terms of arm strength, in terms yes. of just watching the way their ball, it, the ball does not, even with Tebow, and again, we've discussed there are so many things wrong with the way he plays the game, but there was at least a zip when he throws the ball. Yeah. You don't you don't see that with Sanchez or with Barkley. There's no, there's no zip on that ball. There's, it doesn't even look like it's moving fast. Yeah, and that's it. And I, I, I cannot stand seeing wide receivers turn around in this offense. That's basically what it is. They should never do that because that's how this, the offense is designed to be the anti that of always being able to, you know, have that yards after the catch, have that thing kind of in stride and be able to just keep the offense moving, keep going, moving forward. You kind of cut some of those plays in half. That's what I'm saying. Every time you saw Zach Ertz turn around Lester, every time you're seeing Jordan Matthews, like with a high overthrow, the guy is freaking what he's six, six, three, four, six, six, three, four? six, four. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That should never be happening in this offense. And when you see stuff like with, with Matthews and with Barkley and granted Barkley had a couple of those throws, just like we said earlier, but it's still like, it's so frustrating to watch those two guys throw sometimes that uh, it's, it, that's how bad it is. I'm, if I'm, if I'm thinking that Tim Tebow has a shot to take over Matt Barkley, that's a problem. You know what I'm saying? This is this whole thing is a problem when when you're when you're dealing with that. And granted it's it's the third QB, so who really cares? But hey, it's the preseason. And one of the other things that a lot of people jumped out out about, and I saw Jeff McLean maybe overreact to it a little bit, and maybe Les Bone overreact to it a little bit. Didn't see a lot of Josh Huff today. Thought he would be that that certified kind of number two guy out there. Maybe they wanted to get Nelson Aguilar a little more comfortable if he's gonna be in that role, in that one spot or wherever it is, but uh, I don't know. Uh, no Huff today, really, except for well, he was wide open against that Barkley interception. Yeah, the so. interception. He had a crossing route. He would have. He was wide open. He could have taken that and gone. But it, yeah, yeah that that's was, one that of the things we all wanted to see. But you know, does it, that doesn't really matter. To no, you, again, I, I'm not worried about anyone not showing up in the first preseason game. I'm with you. Obviously, I think Huff is someone who we kind of saw flashes of that potential last year. I know you have been big on Huff in the off season, and that you just know that potential's there. So you want to see it. You want to see something that gives you. <laughs> Some sort of just little bit of excitement, kind of moving forward, because we know what what that potential is. But no, you definitely didn't see it all. But but uh, great point going back to the Barkley Sanchez thing, and just in general about watching this offense. I think one of the things that really stood out in that first half, when when the offense was you know moving, 
was just how many open guys there are at yeah, all yeah, times. Yeah, they were exactly. everybody was open. It was it's it just and some of those missed throws are such a killer. It's just these guys are wide open. You have to be able to get it to them in stride. You you have to make those throws and the deep balls we talked about. Neither Barkley nor Sanchez could throw that deep ball. They had open guys underthrown both times. Just uh, it, it it takes a dimension away. Yeah, absolutely, and that's. Uh, it, Again, for everybody that still might be hanging on to Foles, might be hanging on to all that other stuff, that's why, again, you take the risk on Bradford because it completely changes the offense. And I know I sound like a broken record here, but uh, there is absolutely nobody is ready for what this offense will look like. It, it will run so much faster with Bradford behind there. And even just the, even just the little flashes that we saw today, it's a good sign that they're still getting open. It's the it's the Colts' defense, which is terrible. And I saw a couple of folks. I think it was actually the NFL philosophy guy that I agree with basically nothing he says. But for the very first time, he said, "Yeah, the Colts are a bad football team without Andrew Luck," and that's and that's the truth. But uh, again, the same principles are still going there. As much as we hear, it's like the NFL's caught up to Chip Kelly and all that other stuff. James made a great point about execution. It's why the Seattle defense. Stays the Seattle defense. It's execution. It's getting the the right playmakers in there and all that other good stuff. And that's the other thing we were talking about too. Is this? There's so many different guys that may have been might have been down on Jordan Matthews or Taylor Hart's uh, value that he put on him or all that other stuff. And I, I think there's been a, a slight. Uh, we don't know yet because this this year will determine a lot more. But I think there's been a, almost a slight misnomer as far as. Chip Kelly and his talent evaluation. There wasn't a lot of people. There was kind of a 50-50 thing with Jordan Matthews. And, uh, you know, it looks like he's going to be one of the cornerstones here. It looks like Josh Huff might be one of the cornerstones here, hopefully. I don't know. Do you think that that changes people's minds on Chip Kelly, the GM, if they end up starting to succeed here? Yeah, I think it has to. But I think it really comes down to, we talked about it, uh, like you said, I think he can evaluate talent and he knows what he's looking for in players. He knows what he wants out of positions, out of sizes. He, he's very detailed with this type of stuff. He knows the type of guys he's looking for. I think what it comes down to with Chip is starting to understand value and understanding that, yeah, he might want to take Jordan Matthews in the first round, but you can get him in the second round. And that's kind of the the divide that Chip's going to have to learn. And I think he will. He's a smart guy. He adapts. He This is not a guy who's stuck in his ways. He's willing to change anything at any time, which is one of the great things about him. So I do think that that, that will change as we're moving forward, that perception. But going back, you know, it's it really comes down to execution. I, I think it all does. Football is a game of execution. You hear any of the, the greatest analysts who talk about this game talk or coaches or whatever it is, it all comes down to just executing the plays that are called to the best possible execution, for, for lack of a better word. And that's what happens with well-coached teams. That's why in football you don't necessarily have to have the best team talent-wise, but you could still be the best team. Yes. Uh, so I, I think that was nice to see the execution look good. Guys were open. You just need a quarterback, at least on the offensive end, who's who's going to execute as well. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's kind of the discussion we've been having pretty much all weekend on 97.5 The Fanatic. If you've been catching any of the shows wonderfully produced by Mr. James Seltzer, actually, hey. with uh, Aton and, and Stubes and all that stuff, is just trying to figure out, you know, what what is what is the answer there? And we're still probably going to be a- asking that question uh, going into next year. Uh, just the, yeah, I mean, the more and more this this <laughs> yeah, gets it's, it's been getting it's been getting it's, worse and uh, worse. <laughs> it's been getting pretty pretty rusty. It's a definitely a guy that is one, just like we were saying, not that great at the position to begin with, and two, lost. 
he looks very lost out there, even in the simplified office. So going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, interesting I, definitely. Uh, the Tebow love. How has... is this a storyline, though? God, like, why am I? I told myself I was like, you know what? We're not going to talk about Tebow too much because why would anybody want to talk about that? And fucking here we are, man. Because we start that. It was our fault for starting the podcast right after that first Tebow drive, which you look great. And then we're like, yes, yeah. Tebow. And then we're podcasting. It's like, oh, but right into the overreaction. Tim. This is oh, oh Tim Tim Roo. Uh, just some other things, you know, we're going to keep it nice and light here because we don't want to keep regurgitating the same stuff over and over again. But uh thought Bo Allen showed up again, you know, again, it's, uh, two, uh, the twos on the twos. But uh, Bo Allen looked had a couple of nice plays. Uh, Deheem Watkins kind of showed up a little bit. That's the uh, the new outside linebacker that they just signed not too long ago. Once Travis Long went down, uh, Eric Tomlinson. I know a lot of people have been saying, hey, look out for this guy to be the fourth tight end on the football team. But. I don't know, it's just kind of like a twig with arms, you know, or like a large tree with arms that really can't. I mean, this is, I don't know. As a blocker, sure. As a wide receiver, not, not so much. You don't think we're going to be hearing Tebow to Tomlinson much more this year? I mean, <laughs> no. we heard it so much well, that man, first drive, yeah, but know, this is no more. <laughs> favorite target there. And then the only thing uh, left on my notes was uh, Ed Reynolds. Cut his ass because God Almighty, he looks awful. Which is funny too because he actually just made an interception a few minutes ago. But it, it was a, no, it was a broken, a terrible overthrow, and he was just standing there and caught it. So no skill involved there. I'll give you a few things that uh, uh, stood out to me real quick too. Um, and they mentioned on the broadcast, but they were moving Sproles around when he was in there, which was neat to see because that was something we all talked about all of last year. Why don't they move Sproles around? Why don't they get creative with this guy? Use him, use him, use him. Maybe we'll see some of that. That that'd be that'd be pretty cool, and, and which was surprising, especially because Chip never shows anything in the preseason. So interesting to see that. Uh, a couple other things that stood out to me. Uh, I thought both Barner and, and Mostert looked really good, but uh, again, to just to just uh, show some. Yeah, John. John's writing me a note. Literally, no joke. <laughs> No joke, literally what I am saying. I'm like about to make the point and he's like putting it as paper. So I'm like, thanks. Uh, so anyway, that point was that, that let's not get too carried away with these guys. Henry Josie was going to be a superstar after last preseason. Matthew Tucker, an amazing preseason. Uh, I think this offense makes people look better than they are, especially these second team guys because they do get so many reps. We hear about that all the time. Uh, I think they're a little bit more prepared than some of these other second and third team guys. Uh, so that, that I think is something we have to, to be careful with. Cody Parkey missing two extra points. Yeah, that, made you know a couple what, long field goals, but something you know, yeesh. just a little interesting something to throw out there. Uh, and then the last thing I had to mention was a, a shout out to Eagles Twitter today. Came up with Nelson Snagalore yes. and Kenyon Burner. We're, we're, we're white hot with the nickname game. I'm loving it. Snagalore's got to stick. Yes. That, that's strong. Snagalore's going to stick. I, I heard. I just saw Swagalore too. As ooh, I was like, he was being ooh, a Snagalore, was being a little Swagalore. Yeah. Uh, also Bragalore too. Maybe it's just uh, so. Yeah, Snagalore's going to stay. All better than Al Gore. Yeah, too, so. <laughs> Al Gore sl- slowly dying a slow death. Here. I don't. I don't like this. But my, my final thoughts is we're just going through here, and we'll get James's too. Um, is that and James made a great point? It's just like don't get don't get too hyped one way or the other. I already kind of did a little bit there, so with this offense and with everything that's that always shows up and we keep going back to this we've said this since chip kelly's coming to the league here the the scheme the way that these uh, players are put into position here sometimes makes them look better than they really are and that's that's one thing we have to remember with with all this too so uh great point and you know if i i think the henry josie word obviously has to go to moser 
for, for sure. He's going to be the next guy up, and they're going to be disappointed when he ends up on the practice squad, which I probably think he will. Uh, but, yeah, the Kenyon Barner punt return was was awesome as well. I don't think we've we mentioned uh, – gotten into detail we about that. We did not, no. Nice, really nice play. Nice. I think what that said to me, that the punt return was more that this special teams is going to be really Absolutely. good. And that goes back to execution as well. They just are really well coached. Chip spends more time with the special teams than other coaches do. It pays off. I think you're going to see it. I think that, you know – Barner, obviously a, a great return, but that was really great blocking, just well, just well executed punt or uh, kick return, and I think we're going to see a lot of that. Or yeah. punt return, excuse yeah, me. because he's not he, he, he might have been a, a burner in college, but he definitely was not. No, yeah, uh, anymore not, yeah. with the knee injury and all that stuff. And that's right with the execution. It's just I, I can't wait to see that even more, even if it if it dips a little bit. It's still. Uh, Special teams are still awesome. James, your final thoughts, buddy. My, my final thought, funny, Ed Reynolds with his second pick of the game just now. <laughs> <laughs> See, <I laughs> Again, you don't, you don't jump to conclusions one way or the other. This one actually a really nice play. Uh, uh, bad throw. Like, he shouldn't have made the throw. The guy was open, but but should not have made the throw. But Reynolds read the play, ran in, jumped in, took it a Took it away, so nice play to see there. But uh, I- I'm with you. I think you just got to echo the. This is the first preseason game. You don't want to get too high or too low off anything. I, I think that I will say that. For a first preseason game, if you're going to react, I I don't think there's too much to be upset about. I, I think that for the most part, a lot of the things we wanted to see, we saw. Um, so I, I think for the most part, coming out of this game, it seems like there are no serious injuries, really no injuries at all. Maybe a, a Jordan DeWalt Odiho, is that uh, right? Yeah, I think, I think that's right. <laughs> I think he limped off the field at one point. But the point is no serious, uh, significant injuries. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, you you, you got to be happy with today. Yeah, and uh, we are, uh, unfortunately, I know we're, we're doing this as BLG's favorite players finally getting some time at wide receiver. G.J. Kenny just going in now. G.J. As uh, Cody Parkey actually ends the drive uh, with another field so goal. So he's been making the field yeah. goals, just missing the extra points. Yeah, okay. so, right. Oddly enough, right. but... Uh, that's why we got Tiva. That's Two right. Two points, baby. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> of course, keep it locked in right here on BGN Radio. Also on BleedingGreenNation.com as there'll be plenty more reactions. Plus, we want... Yours at all times, 267-245-6066. What do you think of the first run of, uh, you know, Chip Kelly, the GM, and this new fangled team? I thought they kind of uh, had a, a passing grade. Uh, I don't know if it's ABCD or anything else in between, but uh, it's, it's satisfied my needs for now. Bradford on the way, hopefully next week. For myself, John Barcher, for Mr. James Zeltzer, thank you for listening to BGN Radio right here, bleedinggreennation.com, libertybroadcast.co. Tim Tebow! Thanks, guys. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.